Welcome to another episode of Cardboard Fever. I am your host, Mike Jokum. Matt joins me and joining us is Lauren Taylor. Lauren is one of the artists in Project 70 this year for Tops. First off, Lauren, thanks for joining. How are you doing? Thanks for having me. I'm doing really well. It's been a um, pretty crazy couple of weeks here with the start of this project, but overall doing really well and it's been an exciting time. Awesome. So before we talk Project 70 and everything, I was reading uh, reading up uh, beforehand over the weekend and your your story, how you go from athlete to artist uh, is to me super inspiring. And uh, I don't know how you want to answer that, but I will leave it up to you to kind of just how how did you go from point A to point B and and everything in between? I had to get like smashed in the face in between is really the truth. Um, <laughs> I'll put into context for people who have no idea what I'm talking about. Um, yeah. So I was athlete doing my thing. I mean, it's all I really identified as, as a lot of people that are athletes um, in college and, you know, for a lot of people past college, um, you just, that's what you are. You're used to training and going to school and eating and sleeping and training and eating and sleeping. And that's kind of your life. And you don't identify, like, I kind of joke around the first time I had to like make friends without sports. I was like, wait, where's like the 12 people you forced me to be around for six months. And we just decide we like each other. Like what? I have to I have to just go like make conversation. What? So like everything, my life was just sports. Um, and I played in college and I knew, you know, as a female athlete, especially, I knew I was kind of, that, that was the peak as far as I was going to go. You know, it's not like I was going to be going to the Olympics or anything like that. So, um, or anything remotely close to that, but I did play some, you know, after college to kind of keep that athlete, like the athlete part of my world still alive. Um, I played in competitive adult leagues and some of them were co-ed. And one night I was, I always played third base and, I noticed as I played in these co-ed leagues that a lot of the women would wear masks, but I never had in college and I grew up kind of in a time where those didn't exist. And I, you know, it's, it's karma on so many levels, but I'd be like, uh, you didn't need a mask if you have the proper, you know, mechanics, such a stupid remark. I swear that's why I got hit, but I didn't wear a mask. And um, yeah, I took a line drive straight to the face and it knocked me out cold and it just, that was the, the start of a really dark period for me. Um, to give a really quick summary, I went to Langley Memorial Hospital. Um, I was sent home after about an hour and a half. They did an x-ray and I was told I had no fractures, even though my eyes were, at least one eye was completely swollen shut, like no chance of getting that thing open. Um, and the other one was quickly swelling shut and um, it was obvious there was some significant damage, but I was told there was no fractures and I could leave. Um, no concussion protocol, none of that stuff. Later, I got a CT scan because my vision wasn't working and they found several fractures and basically a traumatic brain injury. Um, I was given no concussion protocol, so I did all the wrong things immediately following. <laughs> tried to go, you know, tried to, I did all the things you shouldn't do because, again, kind of lived in this world where you play through pain, you push through things and Unfortunately, um, my ignorance around concussions was a big reason probably I didn't heal well. And um, I'd always struggled with mental health, um, anxiety and panic attacks particularly. But after this, found that my mental health was exacerbated in the worst way. And I went through this 
period of losing my identity as no longer being an athlete because it was made very clear to me that another hit to the head of any significance could be life-threatening as well as me understanding that I was not going to reach a higher level in sports like this was at this point it was recreational and I wasn't about to break into the big leagues. I didn't have, there was no, there was no more goals to achieve. And yeah, I just, I started really depressed dealing with concussion issues, um, trying to recover from this, this nasty injury and started in that kind of dark time, dabbling back in art the same way I had in high school to kind of deal with some of these really dark thoughts and these, these heavy feelings of depression, anxiety, and panic. Um, and then started telling stories about sports with that because it kind of made me feel in that familiar place again of like sports and, and focus. And um, yeah, it kind of, it kind of pulled me out a little bit. Um, and before I knew it, you know, I was finding my way through this through art specifically of the sport that I miss so much. And um, an opportunity came to present the art to a few professional athletes and naively one. So one was uh, James Paxton after he threw a no hitter in Seattle and I'm up here in Vancouver and grew up in Seattle. And I thought it was going to be so a bunch of people tagged him in my artwork and he within 10 minutes was like, how about two BB passes? And I was like, that was easy. Like, obviously I'm just going to do this with Mike Trout tomorrow. Like that was super easy. No big deal. Uh, very hard. I was false pretenses there because he grew up in Vancouver. So people actually did know him that tagged him. And, um, but it gave me this idea that maybe that was something I could do. Like maybe this isn't, you know, I'd never thought of it as a career ever and didn't until about three and a half years ago where I made the jump and just decided, you know what, I believe I'm 70% entrepreneur and maybe 30% artist in there. So if I make a run at it and I work hard and I outwork, um, the talent that I know is out there, then maybe I have a chance of doing something with this. And it's been relentless and it's been a long journey, but I just, yeah, I've just hustled as much as I can is, is, you know, like I did in sport, you know, the more I wasn't the most talented, but I practiced the hardest and I wasn't the most um, best artist, but I, I wasn't afraid of rejection. I just kept hustling and pushing and trying to improve until here I am now, getting to do this project for tops where ironically three years ago they rejected me and said um a layman hobbyist could do what i do <laughs> wasn't the same same people but same company so that is a very i was hoping to be a short version of it but that's about <laughs> as short as i can sum it up so I, i'm sorry it's a crazy ride it's very hard to sum up in less than like 10 minutes feel so no i i am I, I love it you know i uh deal with my own anxiety issues plenty so when i I saw that and saw how you were you were putting your your work to use and kind of championing it. I thought like, wow, I have to I have to get Lauren on here and and it's you know funny you're getting rejected by tops reminds me of being told after my first job out of college that I would never succeed after that and uh, gave me that work ethic. College sports, I totally get that too. I didn't know I yeah. fuck how to talk other, anything other than hockey when I got out of college. So I was like, I don't, I don't know what finance is or what the stock market is. So I definitely understand that. I will turn it over to Matt for his, for his opening question. I just want to comment on, on your, your process more than anything. I don't want to, you know, I have no problem. I, I like shining a light on mental health awareness. I don't want to 
turn it into that type of show. But I, um, that's really awesome. I commend you for what you, you do. I also read the article. I think it's pretty cool. And, uh, I'm assuming for you, it's, it's like when you do that art, it's, it's like a natural high for you. Because for me, when I, you know, when I, I get away from my anxiety when I'm at the racetrack and, you know, you know what a buzz feels like if you're drinking all that. When I'm at the racetrack, sure. I have not necessarily a buzz, but I'm in that zone. It's my high. It's my getaway. So in a, sure. in a sense, I'm assuming that's your getaway, right? Yeah, absolutely. When I'm I'm in the preparation of first, you know, there's several stages. It's like, you know, like pregame warm up or, or, you know, the work you do to get to the championship game is kind of like the stage where I'm in my head trying to think of the idea I want to, or the story I want to tell on the art. That's the hard work is coming up, up with the concept. And then the fun starts. It's like, I'm in the championship. I'm in the, you know, the playoffs now. Now I'm trying to put it in, actually make it tr- translate onto the wood into something that is as beautiful as I have imagined in my head. Um, and that's where you, you know, it really starts to be fun. You're kind of in the zone and, and then seeing it kind of all come together. And for me, it's always the next day. I've spent way too much time staring at it for so long that it's the first time, it's the day after I've gotten a break from it that I finally look at it and I get that like bit of pride almost like, oh, it does look good. Okay, it looks good. Because when you stare at it for so long, you start to like, you're like, what am I looking at anymore? Is this even good? What is happening? Like you just look at it for so long, you get kind of like, like, yeah, it's it's bizarre, but it is a very similar kind of process, like you said, almost this high, this this, and I think that's what athletes miss when they leave is this adrenaline and this this kind of lifestyle of um, one goal after another. And I remember our college coach said to us once, like, "You're this is going to sound silly right now, but remember, there's going to come a time in your life where people don't clap for you every time you 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 know do the right." amount of copies at work or um Uh pass out the portfolio and it's correct at a conference meeting you know and it's so true (laughs) you don't go to work and do day-to-day stuff like you don't lay down a bunt at work and people clap for you you know you don't execute a bunt well and the whole office is like yes nailed it (laughs) you know you you do your day-to-day stuff and it's just you get a paycheck and with art it's it's a little bit more of that chasing that high of like is this going to be the piece that people go nuts over or is this going to be well, not as good? So yeah, it's, it's been a process and it's funny just to back up when you had said, you don't want to make the show about mental. I hear that so often, like where shows that don't usually talk about mental health are willing to kind of go there. And, and that's something that I also take a lot of pride in. Like that's the biggest kind of goal for me as I build my platform is to keep finding ways to, to involve you know, kind of marry the two that sports and mental health are not separate. In fact, they're very much intertwined. And the more we can have, you know, these big, strong athletes say they struggle with something, I think we're, we're really starting to connect worlds in a way that can make for greater change. And so I just had to bring that up. Because when you said that, I'm like, Oh, I hear that from so many podcasts. They're like, we don't usually get into mental health, but and it, it, it's neat <laughs> that you're even willing to, to mention it at all. Because, um, those are the kind of things that make me happy to see because it is unfortunately a part of oh, probably a lot of your listeners' lives that, you know, it's a bit of a a fresh, it's a bit of fresh air for them when they, you know, feel like they're not alone or whatever in it. So. No, definitely. And it's, um, I think it's, it's also neat that, you know, 
when you do these paintings, it brings out the human side of the athletes. Cause you know, we, you know, as I was growing up, my dad would always say, cause I was just enamorized by athletes. He's like, Matt, they're, they're sure. just like you. They, they put their pants on the same way as you when, when they get out of bed. And I was like, yeah. One way at a time. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But like, as you get older, you're like, yeah, you know what? They are the same exact people because you get to know some of them. Some like genuinely aren't good people and you get to know that others are for genuinely sure. good for people, sure. just like regular people. So uh, Absolutely. I, I think, I think artists like you and do that do projects like this are pretty neat because they get to bring out the human side of that, that, that athlete or that person, you know? Yeah. I was, I was actually talking to someone about this this morning, how I actually, so I, big Red Sox fan and people are like, Oh, your first cards, Aaron judge. Did that like kill you inside? <laughs> I'm like, you know, four years ago probably would have, but it's funny now that I, you know, I'm representing so many teams in, in what I do with licensed prints that I now become like, I have a team in my head. That's not an actual team, but it's, it's a, it's a group of players that have been so kind to me or helped with my business or are just genuinely awesome humans in the way that they are philanthropic or the way that they've treated me on the field that it doesn't matter to me which team they're on anymore. And, and sure, I have teams that I root for at home on my couch, but at the end of the day, like, I've grown to see these, these athletes as just, just what you're saying, people. And yes, they're exceptional because they put in all this work to get on this, the biggest stage there is, but I get defensive almost in a way when I see people attack athletes who aren't performing. So my best example of this would be Danny green. I got to meet, um, I had done some work for the Lakers and unfortunately it was the same week I had it all prepared and I was leaving. Uh, and two days before I left Kobe's helicopter crashed. And oh. I still got on my flight and I was to meet these guys at the Clippers game. And that was the game they canceled at, rightfully so. And it was, I mean, the city was grieving me. I don't, it was of such a, I mean, it was crazy. I've never seen anything like it. It's like the whole city was grieving. And um, Danny Green still met up with me at the Lakers facility. And he was just, he took time to meet with me. And I was just, I didn't expect it. I didn't even know if I wanted to meet with them. Like I wanted them to have their space and whatnot during this time. And Danny Green was just a really nice guy. And I thought that before the meeting, I thought that before meeting him after Kobe's passing, I mean, I'd always felt like he had, he had spoken to me with so much respect, like equals. And during the Lakers championship, I don't know if you watched it this year, but you know, if you did, you know, he was past the ball, I think, and they were up three games to one, I think. Um, yeah. Three games to one. And it, you know, he's passed the ball. He's got a, an open three pointer and he misses and half the world is like reaming Danny green on Twitter to a point where he was told, you know, he said he got death threats that night. And, you know, I said to people, I'm like, it's not the same as you and your your guys at the YMCA sinking a three-pointer one day. That is not the same shot. So if you made it one time, you can't assume that the, you know, the whole world is is capable of making that shot. And, you know, they're just I get defensive of these guys now because you do you realize they are just human and that no one is immune to seeing all of the criticism out there. And to have your family get death threats and stuff is, is a bit is a bit much. And um, yeah, it's just something I've, I've picked up over, over the years of doing work with them is that, yeah, they are just people. Yeah. Like, like Matt being friends with 
some race car drivers on my side of the the racing world podcast space and i see the comments on social media i always feel like i have to send a text message afterwards like hey are you are you good please don't take what people are saying personally to yeah make sure because it's it's hard i know everybody thinks you know, shooting a three-pointer uh shout out to danny green on the sixers now uh my hometown yeah. <laughs> there you go so yeah i i definitely definitely get that i yeah, that's completely. There's a reason accurate. so many of them have sports psychologists. I mean, you'd have yeah. to. I think sports psychologists to go completely uh, in a direction I wasn't expecting is such a important position. You know, I was a goalie playing hockey uh, when I, when I was in you know through college and kind of after college, like you, and well, ironically a concussion or multiple concussions and not handling them right did me in as well, and uh, I see now these professional goalies with sports psychologists. And I think it's like so important because a position like that is so, so mental. Yeah. I remember when I moved to Vancouver was during the Stanley cup when the Vancouver Canucks lost game seven. And like Luongo was the most loved and hated man every other day. I I couldn't keep up. I'm like, do we love him today as a city or we really hate him? I can't decide. Uh, I don't get it. I, and I didn't know enough about hockey, so I didn't know the love hate that poor Luongo got. So I've got a real quick question to jump in to, to kind of bring us back to sports, being that you're from Canada. Now, yeah. are you are you a hockey fan or no? I grew up in Seattle, so I didn't know a lot about um, hockey. So I'd say I'm a casual fan. I'm still still learning. I love going to the games, but it's not something I regularly tune in when it's not playoffs or something. So. Okay, I I was gonna ask you if, um, because the the cup hasn't been to Canada in like twenty plus years. I was gonna ask you if you root for a specific team like the Canucks, or you just want to see Canada get the cup because I feel like living in Canada and having a Canadian team win it would be pretty cool. It it was yeah, I, I definitely rooted for the Canucks and still do. Um, had a lot of friends that worked there, and then I was working in the stadium when I first moved here and. Um, started working here during the Olympics and was a part of that and seeing, you know, um, it's just a lot, a lot of hockey was thrown at me right away. And I, you know, it definitely is a lot of fun and it would be cool to see the Canucks win. Unfortunately, <laughs> it turned into a riot when we didn't, but um, us, the nice Canadians had a little, a little moment, but um, yeah, you know, <laughs> it's it's still a lot of fun i i can't ever find the damn puck i'm like everything's moving so fast compared to baseball jesus and everyone here says baseball's too slow so you know it, it just depends where you're at but yeah I, I, I like the connects but it would in general be nice to see a canadian team win soon soonish i uh <laughs> i got my wife into hockey when we started dating in college mainly because i would scream at the flyers game on tv most of the time and okay perfect perfect she I, I am proud to say that she is really knowledgeable on it now enough to where like there's certain things like I hate at a hockey game when people yell shoot the entire time like drives me nuts and yeah she like she sees me tense up if we go to a Flyers game and she's like it's okay I know they're just ignore it like she totally gets it I appreciate that anyway I will I will ask a a baseball question here Sure. And art related, your your artwork incorporates kind of like pictures within the pictures, which is is super cool. Yeah. How did how did 
how did that concept evolve to you know what it is today? I think it's like some of the coolest artwork I've personally seen. Thank you. Um, it came out of rejection. I came out of tops telling me my work was basic and I was like, okay. Um, you know, once I kind of picked myself up and dusted myself off after that, I was like, okay, I do need to step my game up. And I was taking some photos of, um, King Felix in Seattle and he had these really nice Oakleys on and I was taking a photo with a, you know, my own camera. I was trying to start taking my own photos and all that stuff. And, took a photo of his sunglasses and I was like, wow, you can get really vivid reflections in there. And then, you know, that was my first, I was like, Oh, that's cool. It kind of shows the field and maybe a couple of players in the background. And then I had this thought that like, well, I could put my own reflection in there. It doesn't have to be an actual real reflection. Um, and so I kind of did that with some sunglasses and then I was like, well, helmets are shiny. I could do some reflections in there. And, um, the more I did that, I more realized I could really tell a story in, in any of the material, whether it's the jersey, the helmet, the sunglasses, or combination of all of it. And so that's kind of where that started. And it's gotten, I've gotten better at kind of finding ways to, you know, make it look more and more realistic in terms of bending with the creases in the jerseys and, you know, having the bright spot on the helmet almost make the vision of the, the image I have in there completely blind until you know, you're away from the bright spot on the helmet and curving it, you know, properly and things like that I've gotten better at. Um, But it's been, you know, years since I'd say we just started doing that about four years now. And I've, I've worked at, it's been an everyday thing. It's not like a, you know, I do one or two here and there. I mean, it's taken years to get decent at, at just that one, that one part of the art. So um yeah like I look at my art a few years ago and I look at it now and it's changed so much that I get kind of excited to to think what it could be like in three years but um that's kind of how that came about I was like how do I tell a story with a single piece of art and I had this idea this concept of doing uh one of the red seats as a as a Red Sox fan I did a um basically an image of the the red seat and then within all the green seats I had this this picture of um pretty famous photo of Ted Williams hitting a home run and the umpire and the catcher both looking up at the same time and his swing lands in the photo where he's swinging within the red seat and as a casual fan you would look at that and be like cool but as a Red Sox fan you would actually understand why things are placed where they are and why it's over this red seat and and that's kind of been my goal is that um maybe someone who's not into sports still looks at it and thinks it's it's pleasing to the eye someone who's a casual fan thinks it's a cool sports piece and someone that's really into sports understands exactly why I've integrated the certain things I have. And that's kind of my goal. Um, so yeah, that's amazing piece of artwork that I, I have just found, I just found it on Twitter from last summer and having been to Fenway a couple of times and my brother living up there, I, I love the, I love the stadium, even though I shouldn't actually admit this, but I am a Yankees fan. So the Aaron Judge one was welcome to see as your first Project 70. A lot of my friends made a lot of sacrifices for me last week or two weeks ago. I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'll buy you a beer. They're like, I had to buy something Yankees. I don't even know who I am anymore. I'm like, I know I'm so sorry. He's not even like an old timer. He's currently on the team. I'm like, I know. I know. I'm really sorry. God. <laughs> forgive me <laughs> so so yeah but that's been like and with with that card you know when we think of New York is such a grandiose everything you know and and it is even when I've visited players there it's like their security team is like so intense compared to any other security 
everything is grandiose. Everything is major. Everybody's louder. Everything is just bigger. And so, you know, I, I wanted to kind of tell some history of the, of the city because Aaron Judge isn't one of the old-timey players. But I will admit that my second card – so we didn't get to pick the order, by the way. We did get to okay. pick our players. but So I have to admit that my first two are Yankees, but not by my design. Um, the second one is, is a, a Yankee that I think most people love um, from, from decades ago. And he – the piece I'm doing of him actually allows me to tell a bit more of his story because he's – an old time player that has a lot of rich history. So you'll get to see a little bit more in my next card of kind of what I like to do, which is, you know, tell their story within their jerseys. So I'm really excited for that one. That one doesn't drop until March 22nd, but yeah, I love doing the old timer pieces. That was my next question and, and feel free. You don't have to give out any names, but what's your uh, project 70 uh, timeline looking like? And I think is, is your next one, that one in, in March? Yeah, so I have a bit of a, a longer wait than I thought in between. So I've got that month in between. But then I think I'll have two cards that kind of drop quicker back to back. Because if you think about, you know, 20 cards getting out within a year from all of us, I think it's going to, they're going to speed it up. And I don't know if that means more cards in a day or bringing them in on the weekends. They haven't said anything to us, so I'm not sure. But um, I do know, I don't mind saying a few of them. Like I've got uh, Ken Graffiti Jr. obviously was a, right off the bat a pick for me as well as Willie Mays um Willie Mays I got to meet and it was a really cool moment and wow. got to sit and talk with him for a while and that's something I'll never forget so he's one of my cards and you know grew up fell in love with baseball because of the 95 Mariners and Griffey and so Griffey's one of my cards as well and that's kind of the those are some some names I will give you but um yeah I'm excited I don't know when those ones those are not on my first those are none of my first six cards is what I do know Okay. So they'll probably be some somewhere in the middle, but yeah, I, I mean, there's not a single name on the list that I'm not extremely excited to create no matter what team. So um, yeah, it's pretty exciting. Awesome. And just in general, collecting cards growing up now, they're in the hands of kids that are collecting and adults that collect. It just kind of blows my mind a little bit. I definitely understand that. Go ahead, Matt. In enters the Tampa Bay Rays fan, the best, the best franchise in the, the NL East or the AL East. Um, yep. No offense to you guys. Um, so, um, yeah, <laughs> I will. Yes, I, I will most definitely be getting your um, the the Ken Griffey card. I, I am a huge Ken Griffey fan as well. He has, I mean, it's not even up for debate. He has the prettiest swing in Major League Baseball history. Oh, God, it's gorgeous. And, yeah, and and aside from one of the, he's one of the best center fielders to ever play. My era, I also like Jim Edmonds. I don't think many people remember him, but he was phenomenal in center field. Mm-hmm. But my, my question to you is, what's, well, it's a two-part question. How do you, aside from being big fans of these athletes, A, how do you pick who you're going to do? And B, who's someone that you'd like to do in the future that you haven't had the opportunity to do yet? Are we talking for cards or just in general, my art giving, like getting uh, art to players? Let's go both. Let's go both. If, okay. if you don't for mind. The project, no, I don't. Uh, for the project, there was a few names I wanted that, um, and they're not, and I think Tops is still considering or still, you know, trying to secure licenses for some players, but Yogi Bear, I really wanted to do a card of. Uh, Bo Jackson, I wanted to do a card of. Um, you know, just for the sake of how rich the history is, it would have been cool. I would have definitely considered a Mickey Mantle, but he is, I think, exclusive with Panini now. 
Um, mm. So there's some there's some names on there that would have been um, cool to include, and and you know, top of that list was probably Yogi Berra for me, just because I think he is so. <laughs> all the quotes make me laugh. So um, he just seemed like such a character. And I've done some originals of him that have, have been pretty popular. Um, you know, and then for me, I can do one of one originals of anything I want. But when it comes to selling prints, they have to be ones that I'm licensed to do. And I'm licensed under MLB, the Hall of Fame and the Players Association. So that gives me rights to all current players and about 95 of the Hall of Famers. But it doesn't include some of the names that I would love to make pieces for and I've gotten to deliver uh, art to probably over 150 athletes through my own networking and um, I have got to talk to Ken Gifford Jr. but I've not got to deliver art to him and he's probably top of my list for outside of cards Um, that would be my next I mean meeting up with Willie Mays is like a total dream come true Um, but Ken Gifford Jr. is right up there with athletes I would love to present art to that um, I haven't had a chance to so that's pretty cool. Definitely respectable. Um, so real quick, <laughs> if yeah. you could, how walk us through the process of, I mean, you don't got to walk us through the whole thing, but just give our listeners an idea sure. of when you get the project idea in your head, how you start mm-hmm. laying it out and how long does it take? Can, can you walk us through that real quick? Sure. Um, so it depends kind of, it depends if, if, if I'm watching, for example, recently, um, you know, the end of the championship, so Super Bowl. I know what the, I know it's going to need, my piece is going to need to incorporate the winner and moments that help that team win. So in that, in those cases, the concept's much different. But when I'm creating a card where maybe it's not necessarily based on a moment, but rather a whole career or a whole, um, you know, part of a career, I start by thinking, what are moments that stand out for me with that player? Um, and because I watch a lot of baseball, that is something I can do a lot of just off of memory. But, you know, for players I'm not familiar with, I start looking at, you know, famous photos, like what were some of the, you know, what are some of the top photos of this athlete and what made that moment special? What are the five most famous plays by this athlete? And I start kind of looking at that and trying to get a general snapshot of what, when you, when, when people that grew up in, the time that this person was at their, you know, top of their game, what are moments that come to their minds and how do I, how do I bring that back to life while also, you know, speaking to today's generations um, with the card art. So that's usually where I start. And once I have an idea, the next thing is I need to pick a, a photo that I think is pleasing, but simple enough where I've got Jersey space or a helmet or sunglasses or something to work with a blank space where I kind of have a canvas within my canvas. Um, then I start basically making my stencil through Illustrator. So I make a stencil, um, working on wood is really fun, but it does make ink and paint and all that stuff bleed up the wood grain. So by doing a stencil, I'm able to kind of bring out more realistic. I can, I, I can make the art look more realistic for one. And two, it gives me really clean edges and the ability to really get in on those details, which is super important when you're working on something like a baseball card that's 2.5 by 3.5 when it's shrunk down and you need those details to be really clean. Um, so yeah, it depends on, on the size, but sometimes I, you know, uh, 11 by 14 might take me 15 hours or a huge piece might take me, you know, 70 hours. It just kind of depends. Um, 
And then, of course, the most important part is, did it execute the way it looked in my head? <laughs> Sometimes I think I'm crushing it, and then I finish it, and I'm like, damn it. Not what I meant to make. And that just goes in the bin and we don't talk about it. But, you know, so there's that, that the whole ending is kind of important too. like when I look at it, does it look like I did it with my non-dominant hand with my eyes closed or did it actually look the way I'd hoped? So, yeah, that's kind of the process for me. And um, there's no part of it I hate. Like, I love all of it. I love and I kind of love the, the pressure sometimes, too, of, OK, this cool moment happened in the World Series, you know, and my commemorative Dodgers piece. I loved the way it turned out. But people were like you made that, you know, it was ready to go within 48 hours. And it's like, yeah, I kind of like the pressure of knowing it's got to get done. And, and I just start working like, okay, for me, I, I think uh, Urias is fist pump when he, he did that last pitch. And I think of the guys coming over the, you know, the rails, the dugout. And then I think of Kershaw coming running in and who were kind of some of the big guys that have been on the team for a while. And, you know, and, and then you've got to work within MLB rules and all stuff, which is way too much to get into right now. But yeah, you just kind of start building backwards, like all the little pieces that made this moment cool. And how do I put those into a single art piece that you can look at and it can elicit so many different moments from that game. So I work backwards in a sense, if that makes sense. Totally, yeah. All right, so we're going to round it up with one last question here. If you were, so we were talking about hockey before, so I'm going to bring it back to there. And please, everybody, check out Lauren's Project 70 work as it comes out. We'll be sure to, to share it. But pretending we're doing a hockey version of Project 70 here, what player or team would you start with? Well, I, I feel like I'd have to pay some, some, some respect to the team that really introduced hockey to me. You know, growing up in the States, hockey wasn't a huge thing. At least in, in Washington, it wasn't at the time I was growing up. Um, when I came to Vancouver, my first year I lived here was um, the Olympics. And then shortly thereafter, um, the, the Stanley Cup going to the seventh game with the Canucks and the Bruins and the Canucks eventually, unfortunately, losing. But that was such an electric time to live here. And, you know, that whole team from the Sedins to, you know, you had Luongo and, and just it was so fun. I feel like not doing a piece around the Canucks would feel feel really wrong like it, it's what introduced me to hockey and um it'd be pretty fun to do a, a piece with some of those those players and it's kind of a bittersweet ending unfortunately but um actually mostly just bitter I don't know what the sweet part is we rioted too so you know I just don't I didn't but I was in my apartment like is this Canada what what I just <laughs> moved there so 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 I was like yeah what is happening I mean I'm really I dig your enthusiasm about sports but guys um, and then, uh, yeah, the other one would be Sidney Crosby because, um, yes. kind of yes. a bit of yes. inspiration drawn from, for myself and my concussion recovery, um, was kind of seeing how he's managed to bounce back and, and some of the ways he's spoken about it. So, um, I tend to pick projects that speak to me because those are my best pieces. So I would say Vancouver Canucks and Sidney Crosby for that, for the reason of the concussions and, and just overall the career he's had is, is pretty respectable too. As, as I've said to Matt, even as a Flyers fan, there's one Pittsburgh Penguin that I can never hate, and it's Sidney Crosby because he's such an amazing talent, and he's also an incredibly nice guy. So when that happens. I, I, I'm definitely on board. Yeah, yeah I, wa I want to hate him, there's, but I can't. There's nothing wrong with admitting that he's the GOAT and he's the nicest guy on earth. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. It's like when I met uh, Russell Wilson with the Seahawks. We were like, he can't be there, honestly. He's not that nice in person. I'm like, no, he's like nicer. It's weird. 
It's like he is literally the nicest human. <laughs> yeah. It is just how he appears to be. I mean, he even gave me like the perfect hug. Nothing about him is flawed. He smelled nice after playing a game. I don't get it. He just, wow, God, perfect human. So frustrating. I have, n- I have nothing bad I could even think to say that would make sense. I mean, he was just, he was perfect. I, I don't know what else to tell people. Because people are so wanting me to give them like, come on, he's not as perfect as he seems. No, he's actually better. He's actually honestly better in person, which is hard to believe. So, <laughs> but yeah. He came out of the football game smelling like deodorant. I, I, I know I don't basketball get players it. too. I'm like, these baseball players are like, oh yes, you've been playing, you've been doing the athletics, but you know, <laughs> football players, basketball players, they come out and you're like, you smell better than than me. And I tried so hard to smell good. And you, you're just trying not to smell horrible. And you, what? And your outfits are better. Like your post game outfits are nicer than like my like best work. <sighs> exhausting I'm like you look better than I do this is this is frustrating I, I tried super hard and you just left the locker room but that's fine that's okay that's all right what, yeah. yeah I'll never forget walking out of uh, a restaurant walking by Sidney Crosby and saying hello and having a nice conversation and walking out of there being like I should have like cursed him out or something like a typical Philadelphian I was he like, can't I know so friendly know. well that's what I said about Stanton when I was first doing this I'm I met up uh with Stanton with the Yankees and he was so funny and nice and he is giant I have never I mean I'm a I can I would say I'm a short female I'm five eight so it's not like you know a reasonably tall guy would be like oh my god but this guy was like a tree he was right. huge and so nice and the you know security guards were acting like they were protecting you know the moth like they, it was crazy i kept trying to make the security guards laugh and just nothing they were just so serious there i'm like Jesus, Christ, i'm gonna relax and uh stanton was like no let her let her come over and i'm in all boston gear and he, i'm like are you gonna pose with me in my boston gear and he did and he was laughing and there's this really funny photo of me smiling like just huge cheesy smile and he's just kind of like rolling his eyes but uh, I can't hate him. I couldn't. I, I went home and they're like, was he like the worst? I'm like, no. He was like so nice. I can't. Ah. Can I hope the Yankees lose when he succeeds at every at bat? I'm like, no. I'm like, okay, well, we'll just not watch those games together anymore because I can't hate him. I just can't. He's too, he's too nice. And this is really. So, yeah, that's when I started realizing I was going to have to let go of my like blanketed hatred for a team just because it's not my team. It was going to get really hard to do what I Definitely. do and, and blanket hate teams. So, yeah, that's just that. There's lots yeah, of good humans out there. That. So, mm-hmm. Definitely. Well, Lauren, when we, as we wrap up here, where can everybody find you on social media and your website and all that fun stuff so people can follow along with your work? Yeah, so LaurenTaylorIllustrations.com is my website. Um, sorry, it's kind of long, but Lauren Taylor Illustrations. Uh, my Instagram is also Lauren Taylor Illustrations. That's how you can find me on Facebook as well. Uh, Twitter is the shortened version because it's Twitter. It's LT Illustrations. Got so it. everything is awesome. pretty much the same for the most part. And uh, yeah, for Project 70, my next uh, card drops March 22nd. And yeah, it should be should be a fun one. I, I think it's, a, a, a again, a, one of those players where I have not heard a bad story about him and I'd be hard pressed to find one. So um, I think it's a, it's a person that no matter what team you love, you'll, you'll like the the person I hope. So with any luck or you'll just 
rip on me because it's online and you've got nothing better to do. All right, guys, thank you for your time and for having me. And um, yeah, enjoy the rest of your week. Yeah, it's been an honor. Thank you very much. And uh, hope to talk to you again at some point throughout this Project 70 journey Absolutely. this year. You know how to find awesome. me. All okay, right, thanks take a lot, care. Lauren. Bye-bye. Thank right. you. Have Bye-bye. a good night.